fam, it's your host, Karen Davis-Thompson. Just a few announcements before we start today's episode. First, I wanted to remind you again that we do pre-record several of these, and we do that so we have great content to bring you each week. That's the case with this week's episode. Maureen and I have recorded this several weeks back, and when we did, she had just launched her business. So when she introduces herself, she will speak as though she's just started, and I didn't want to confuse anybody on that note. Also, wanted to let you know that we've got about two or three episodes left before we conclude our Race in America series, and I'd love to know what you thought of it. It was a powerful one for me to be a part of. You can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com and let me know what you thought. Also, when you email me there, we can add you to our In My Shoes email membership list. It gives you the chance to know about everything we've got going on. You'll be the first to know. We have some exciting things coming up and we don't want you to miss it. We just launched a newsletter recently. We'd love to share that with you. Um, We're highlighting great women of color, their sponsorship opportunities there, just wonderful information. And we want to be able to share that with you. Uh, Today's episode was great as well. It was so timely, even though we recorded it weeks back. We're talking about what it means to be black women in corporate America. Maureen and I are going to share our experiences. She's going to give some great advice. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, hello fam and welcome to In My Shoes, a podcast for women of color about the issues that we face each and every day. I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson, and I'm so excited to have Maureen, a member of my tribe that you've met before, guys, but she has an exciting development I want her to talk about a bit before we get into our discussion today, and I'll tell you a little bit about why this was a topic I wanted to discuss. Maureen, go ahead and introduce yourself. Good to have you. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to return to your show. And before I introduce myself, um, I do want to say congratulations to you, girl, because you are definitely doing your thing. You are, you've gone, not are going, you've gone global. I am global. I cannot believe it. So I'm extremely proud of you. Um, Excited that you're bringing these conversations that are meaningful and absolutely worthwhile to multiple generations of people of color. And honestly, I'm truly honored to be part of your journey, sister girl. Very honored. So thank Thank you, you, ma'am. Thank you. Absolutely. So I know I've had the chance to be on your show before and I've, you know, certainly met your listeners before, but thank you for allowing me the opportunity to introduce myself again. My name is Maureen Green James. Um, I am I actually uh, work for an organization called Cognizant. It's a digital and technology consulting firm, and I'm the North America leader of inclusion for that organization. But I am also founder and CEO of MGJ Speaks. MGJ, like the initials to my name, Maureen Green James. Um, It's an advisory consultancy which really provides tailored keynote speeches, leadership development program facilitation, and career coaching services for companies and professionals at all levels of their careers. You know, I'm a I'm an orator by nature. So as part of my speaking and facilitation services and as a people professional, also known as HR, um, a few of my core topics include diversity, inclusion, belonging, women in leadership, executive presence, and uh, leadership development. And I really enjoy the opportunity, especially to speak with um, individuals who are of our next generation, so our millennials, our Gen Zs, because they're the future. And you know, we all need them to be super prepared for that. So career coaching services, is I really like to focus on that population because they don't really know what they need 
to know yet. And I think it's really critical that we're really out there telling those stories and those experiences so they can learn from it. So that's me. Thank you, Maureen. And I will be sure to put more information about your new endeavor. Congratulations to you on that Thank you. in the show notes so that people will know you're welcome, so that people uh, will know how to reach out to you if they want to do that. And I would highly encourage it. And you were the first person I thought of for this um, this episode. I don't even know what to call it, but I had an experience and I've had it before, but I had an experience about a month ago. Uh, we were waiting on the um, some leadership from the company I work for and uh, it was three of us standing down there. And so the gentleman in the group realized that he'd forgotten to have one of his colleagues come down who was supposed to be a part of the welcoming group. So I'm there as the comms person. Um, you know, making sure everybody has a schedule, you know, I'll get pictures to put on our uh, social media, that sort of thing. So the gentleman walks down and we're in a circle. And so I'm in between him and the other woman that's in this group. He reaches across, shakes her hand. She's a white, she's a white woman. He shakes her hand, introduces himself. Oh, I don't think we've met. Um, he already knew the gentleman in the group, never acknowledged that I was standing there. Wow. And so then, the, I know. So then the gentleman in the group said, Oh, and this is uh, and Karen. She's been working in comms and started talking about some work I've been doing that was uh, impacting everybody. And he acknowledged him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I figured that was going to happen. It was a meeting we were going to have that was probably going to have to be canceled. And he says, oh, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. At no time did he ever, even when the gentleman said, oh, and Karen in comms, he, he didn't look my way. It was as though I wasn't there. And so my inclination was to say, you know, you want to act like you don't see me? I will do the same to you, (laughs) but, um, you know, yeah, that was my first, because I've never, it's not that I've, I'm cowering. I feel, my God, he didn't acknowledge me. If you want to act like you don't see me, I mean, I've been, it's not my first rodeo. I know what's happening. (laughs) Then I can do the same to you. And I was talking to a colleague later on and I said, you know, I'm wondering if in the climate we're in, especially, would it have been better not for me to be, um, abrasive, but to have just said to him, and I don't think we've met and forced him to acknowledge my presence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it got me thinking, you know, you do that and then you get the angry black woman thing. Um, You know, females in general have to deal with that. In this instant, I was, it was like a hierarchy. So of course you introduce yourself to the white female in the group and then it says, though I'm not there. So I wondered if I had handled it correctly or if I should have maybe taken a different approach. And I wonder how many other women, whether you're just women in general or women of color, deal with this type of thing in in corporate America and what is the best thing for us to do. So that's kind of what I wanted to discuss today. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good tee up. You know, storytelling is the best way to actually get a point across, right? So I think that story really brings home the point about how sometimes um, we as black women truly are invisible and it does, it happens all the time, every day. Um, It doesn't, and it happens and people do it and they don't even realize they're doing it. Now, I'm not saying this gentleman didn't realize it. I think that he definitely realized it. But I do also think that it was um, a good opportunity to do exactly as you just said, which is to say, and hi, my name is Karen, and introduce yourself. Maybe because, you know, when I think about what that does, it really sends the signal to that individual who should have introduced you in the first place that you're putting him on blast, whether he knows it or not. That's exactly what that gesture does. And it doesn't come across as angry or too aggressive. What it actually does, Karen, is it comes across as the complete opposite. It comes across as confident. 
which you don't need to tell yourself that you are because you already know that. But right. by making sure that you are doing that, you know, putting yourself out there and introducing yourself, what it tells everybody in that circle is that you are confident and you are not going to be left out of the conversation. In other words, you will see me. And it tells them that in a way that, again, it's not condescending to them. It's not angry black women. It's not aggressive, but it's just making yourself known, seen, and heard. And so, you know, I always encourage people, you know, when I've been in, when I've had conversations with, you know, my clients about some of those kinds of experiences, I, I encourage people to really, you know, just put themselves out there. You, you have to be known, seen, and heard, you know, um, it's a tough world we live in as, as black women in corporate America. Um, it's a tough world. It's, it's bad. It's tough enough that we're, we're women, right? But then we're right. black women yeah. trying to do this, right? Trying to be all that we can be, but we have to do so much more to actually do that. Yeah. And is there ever a time when it's better? Like for me, you know, I struggle with when is it best for me to kind of sit back, observe a situation and what's going on, when is it better for me uh, to speak up? Um, sometimes I I find that, you know, even in networking or watching other women as I've been in the corporate world, because I haven't always been corporate. So my career in comms has been all over the place. Um, believe it or not, some of the issues are the same, whether you're working for government, mm-hmm. corporate, you're, you're dealing with the same, you're fighting the same demons when yep. it comes to that sort of thing. But when is it best for for a person to say, let me, let me get the landscape here. When is it best to say, uh, well, no, I, I think that's a, a project that I would I would be able to lead or do even when you feel like you're kind of being being um, looked over for those types of things. I think mm-hmm. sometimes women in general struggle with, um, you know, I, I, I want to say, hey, I, I think I'm being passed over. I, I, this is something I think I could do and how that's going to be perceived. And when is it best to do it? How do you know how to gauge when to do it, when to sit back and kind of just pay attention to what's going on? Yeah, that's a really good question. So. I'll share a story with you. Um, years ago, and I was fairly new in the role. I was the regional HR manager for the Southeast region. And I was working for um, a gentleman who was um, he was in Orlando, and the rest of the team was in Orlando. And so, you know, every uh, week, once a, once a week, I would drive over there, and he'd have, like, a whole team meeting. And, you know... I would participate in the team meeting in silence. And the reason I say in silence is because everybody else on the team had been there for quite some time. I was the person who was new. I was really trying to get the lay of the land and was a little crazy, you know, at the time that I joined. And so it always felt like I, like I was forever going to be playing catch up. And it also felt like because these people had been there for a long time, that they had more knowledge and more insight and therefore were probably not open to listening to what I had to say. And it took me having a conversation with the gentleman who was the leader of this team. One day I was mm-hmm. there and we had our team meeting. Again, I was just kind of quiet. I you know, threw out a few things, but for the most part, I was very quiet. Um, and he pulled me aside after that meeting and said, you know, Maureen, everybody is concerned because they don't necessarily hear you contributing enough. You're not really saying a lot. 
during these calls, is everything okay? And I said, well, yeah, everything's fine. I said, but you know, I'm still kind of learning the role. I've probably been there for about two or three months. I, I said, I'm still trying to learn the lay of the land here because I know that things are a little, you know, wishy-washy in, in the company right now. And um, I, I just wanted to give myself an opportunity to really understand before I start throwing things out there that may not be um, something that you and or the team agrees with. Right, right. And he said to me, here's the thing. We hired you for a reason. We hired you because we don't have the expertise that you bring currently on this team until you walked on board. And so if we put, if we hired you and made you part of this team, then we want to hear from you as part of this team. And you're actually doing yourself and the team a disservice by not sharing your insights and your ideas with us. Because just like you say you don't know the organization, we don't know what you are bringing. So this team was not an HR team. It was an operational banking team. I was the only HR oh, okay. person on the team. So mm-hmm. honestly, what everything he said made sense. And it was the very first time that I thought, one, wow, he really actually wants to hear from me. And I think it was a level of confidence that I was lacking in thinking the opposite. And then two, it changed everything. After that, they couldn't shut me up because I thought that everything that they wanted to do was just (laughs) absolutely crazy. Are you kidding me? Do you realize these are people you're talking about? Yeah, we love to use the terms human capital, whatever. They are people, they're human beings. So here's what we need to do. And it really changed the game for me. So, you know, to answer your question about knowing when to speak and when to kind of lay back, I do think, I still do think it's okay to kind of lay back and get the lay of the land when you, especially when you're first starting in an organization, or even if you're starting on a team where you're in learning mode, but what you should tell them is that, you know, you're still trying to learn, you're still, you know, trying to pick up on, you know, what's going on, what the atmosphere and the environment is like, so that they know that you're just not you know, like, you know, silent and saying nothing, that you do have opinions, but you want to have a better understanding of what's going on so that those opinions that you share make sense. And if you haven't shared them yet, it's because you're tweaking them so that they do make sense and fit into the core of the project or the project team or the objectives that they're trying to bring for their clients. I think I really think there's something valuable in sitting back and understanding that and not just rushing straight to make a call or make a judgment uh, on something. Now, that's just one experience that went a completely different way. I actually (laughs) had a meeting with some leaders. And so by this time, you know, I was fully confident in my capabilities and I was going to say whatever I thought made the best sense for for the situation that we were discussing. And so I'm sitting down having a meeting with some of the leaders. Um, And again, I had only been with the firm for maybe two or three months and I brought something up and um, the woman, the other woman on the team, the only other woman on the team looked at me and said, yeah, well, we don't do that here. This is the way we've always done it. So we're probably going to do it this way all the time, but thank you. And she effectively shut me down. Yeah. (laughs) This is a white woman. She effectively Mm -hmm. shut me down. And so, as you can see, it was the complete opposite from actually being someplace where they wanted to hear from me to being someplace where they're like, uh, yeah, you just hold on to that comment. 
So, and why do you, and why do you think I have noticed that like, even in the example that I shared, the woman in the group didn't even feel a, a, some sort of solidarity to say, are you really just kind of like, she not standing there? Or in the example that you gave, it was a woman who, yeah, that's how we've all, you know, yeah, just hold on to that. That's really cute. But yeah, no, this right. is what we're going to do. Why do you think that there isn't more solidarity amongst women for regardless of color that says, you know, as a, because all women if, have experienced it, yeah. white, black, Hispanic, Asian, at some point you've either been passed over, marginalized, told to, you know, just sit in your little place over there as a woman. Why wouldn't we be able to acknowledge that regardless of color and really kind of have a sisterhood and band together around that? Yeah. Um, so this is my opinion on this. And I'm putting, I'm just putting that out there as, as my fine print disclaimer. My opinion around of course. <laughs> my opinion around this is that women collectively have spent so much time and energy just trying to be noticed that when they get to the point where they are, whether that's, you know, they've moved up in, in their companies or in their career and they're, you know, they've got these big titles, um, or it is simply that somebody has acknowledged them and invited them to a leadership meeting even if they're not at that level. I really think we've spent so much time and energy um, trying to be recognized that when we finally are, we don't want somebody else stealing our spotlight. And so instead of doing what I truly believe is the right thing to do, because as you said, we need a sisterhood. It takes a village. It's gonna take a village to change, to change all of this, right? Um, I really think instead of women actually recognizing that, truly recognizing it, I think they really kind of look at it as every woman for herself. And it's unfortunate. And while those two experiences happened a very long time ago, your experience happened a couple of months ago. Yes, right? it was a month ago. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So as, as so to to my point, it, it's going to take a village because this is not going to happen. It's not going to change overnight. We as women really need to be comfortable in knowing our worth, and in doing so, feeling comfortable and courageous enough to bring other women along with us on the journey, so that they are also able to know their worth and be successful. And I just mm -hmm. don't think we're there yet. And I'm not speaking for all women. I'm really not because there are, you know, phenomenal women in my life who do exactly that, who make sure that they build that tribe. Girl, Karen, you're one of them. You know what I'm saying? There are phenomenal mm. women in my life who do that. And then there are women in my life, um, particularly in my professional life, that don't do that. And actually, in my opinion, work hard at doing exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. I've so experienced that also. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just need to really be comfortable in our skin and be comfortable with the fact that yes, we've made it to whatever level quote unquote made it is, but now let's help a sister out regardless right. of what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've noticed that as well. And it's, you can, and you can kind of tell after you've been in the game for a minute, you kind of know, you know, this is one I'm going to have to watch. And it's really sad because, and, and, it, and it reminds me, I was, um, we have a, a color confessions group on Facebook. You know, I was promoting the Madam CJ Walker story. Mm -hmm. 
that the series they're doing on Netflix. And what was fascinating to me, not just these two women battling it out or whatever in this hair care industry, but when she tried to get support from black men, like the hierarchy fascinates me. So Mm -hmm. you're being discriminated against as a black man. But this black woman is trying to have a little bit of success and she needs to stay in her place because you'll be hiring all these women and they'll be making more than men. And that's how I feel about women. You know, you're a woman, regardless of color, who's experienced that sort of discrimination or being marginalized. But instead of feeling some sort of bond with a a person of color who's experiencing that, it's like, nope, I'm I'm at that higher level. So I'm just going to take care of me. Right. and it's amazing that even today we're still having to talk about that. Um, but but clearly I agree that that is still something that um, exists. I wish that more women could come together. And again, not all women, because there are some, as you said, who are amazing at Absolutely. being able to bring somebody else along. Mm-hmm. And where do you think, um, because again, this was always my concern and, and I've had to deal with it throughout my career because I am... Um, extremely professional. You will never be able to say that I cussed at you, mm-hmm. that I did anything that you think is stereotypical of what a person of color would do. But I will say what I need to say. Yes. Very direct, very professional, very uh, upfront. Yep. And why do you think that that is sometimes seen as intimidating or some people may say, oh, she's so uh, defensive or whatever term they want to use to deflect the reality or the realness of, of what I'm bringing to them or what I've said to them? Um, I would say because they don't expect it. You know, when I think about um, people who, you know, say that and say, oh, she's so defensive or she's so aggressive, you know, I almost think that they expect us to be seen and not heard, you know. Um, and then if we are, we're, it's, it's automatically taken the wrong way mm-hmm. you know and I I'm, I'm not that's it's a really interesting phenomenon because I'm really not sure what creates that you know why, why would you expect anything else other than professionalism from to come out of my mouth from my body right. language from all of yes. it you know <laughs> I, I, I really don't understand but I think that they're a little caught off guard I may even go so far as to say that some people are intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they love to say that, oh, you're so well-spoken. Yes. What, oh, what, I hate that. What exactly <sighs> did you expect? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. What exactly did you expect? Um, and, and so I don't, I really don't know where it comes from. I don't know what they, what do they think <laughs> of us? I, I really don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting phenomenon. And and I wonder too, I guess there are so many, as I'm, as you were talking, I was thinking back to, you know, I, I majored in journalism mm-hmm. uh, at Florida A&M. And so we used to have a kind of a colloquialism type class where it was um, guest speakers who would come in. And it's amazing. I guess we have to really think about how we're portrayed from the media to just people's interactions, what they think they know from what they've seen. Yes. So she ran a clip. And it was about, um, it was during like Desert Storm or something. And so they were talking to military personnel and she said, watch this clip and tell me what you see that is so subliminal. If you're not paying attention, you could miss it. So the interviews are going on and they interview several of the, um, you know, soldiers who've been at war who are back or whatever. And the only clip of African-Americans, you know how you have what they used to call B-roll. Mm-hmm. And so while they're talking, it's just footage showing was a group of uh, soldiers who were all black 
um, playing like pickup basketball. Mm. Like that was the only clip of, of, of African-Americans that like they didn't interview any, you know, it's going along and at first you don't really think about it and we're just right. looking. And then all of a sudden when that clip put, we all went, Oh, like <laughs> you could hear it throughout right. the, you know, the hall. And so, you know, I think part of it too, may be what they see. I don't want to blame the media for everything. I mean, I'm a part of the media, but I do right. think that sometimes people don't understand what their responsibility is. You know, mm -hmm. you need to look at this and say, I, I interviewed no person of color. I interviewed yes. no women. Yes. I interviewed n nobody who wasn't at a high rank, like w making sure that there was some diversity in what you, but you'll say, but it was black people in it, but they were playing pickup basketball. Come on. Pickup, right? <laughs> this is an, this is a story about how the military feels about desert storm. And the only thing you have with black people in it is they're, they're playing a pickup basketball game on their off time. Yeah. And so, nobody sees anything wrong with right. really? the wrong. None of you thought that was weird. None yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. They did. Um, and so, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, they just got their own perception of what they think we should be and how we should be and how we should, how we should act. And so when we do something that's completely opposite of that, they're just completely shocked or on caught off guard. And if they want to put us in a place of, yeah, this is what they should be doing like that, like that um, piece that you saw in your journalism class, that's what, that's what they'll do. You know, years ago, I was um, <laughs> the very first time I remember thinking, I could use my name to my advantage was when I was looking for a job. Um, and so it was before I got married and you know, my maiden name is green. So my name is Maureen green. And what does that sound like? It sounds like an Irish name. Yes. So mm -hmm. Very Irish. So my, I was looking for a job at the time and um, one of the places I applied to, you know, the woman, um, she, you know, reached out to me and she said, you know, I'd love for you to come in for an interview. And when I did show up, um, I could see all of the color drain out of her face <laughs> because she was not expecting me. Right. Yeah. And what's really funny is that she actually said to me, well, I thought you were an Irish girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> She couldn't even hold it. She couldn't even <laughs> hold it. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, so I could really use this to my advantage because as long as I'm Maureen Green, I'm going to be able to get an interview anywhere. I may not necessarily mm -hmm. get a job, and I did get that job, but I could use it to interview and get into an interview anywhere. It's kind of like, you know, how back in the day, you know, you have black people who were passing for white and made like the most out of that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it felt about my name. But here's the thing. That is such a problem, Karen. That oh, absolutely. That is really a problem for me to even think about that. And then I go and marry a man with the last name James, also Irish. So <laughs> it really doesn't help my case, you know? But I think it's because people see what they, what they want to see until it's right in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. And that's why people, you know, decide that, yes, you should just be playing pickup basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And just be glad we put, you know, we put some of y'all in there. Uh, that was kind yeah, of thankful. Like, for okay. really be thankful. And it's so funny that you mentioned the name. You're just jumping all over some of the stuff we're going to be talking about this month. We are actually going to talk about it. I, I think we're calling it what's in a name and okay. just the science behind 
the work that people put into looking at resumes and trying to figure out, you know, if this name, you know, they assume certain names, Jamal, they figure that's, that's just, Uh that's absolutely somebody black, but just the absolute work that people put into trying to disqualify you, yes, you know, based on your name or whatever, so that they can know, or like for me, it may not be my name, but I attended an HBCU. So your, your assumption is going to be uh-huh. that I'm African-American because I attended Florida a and University. Right. Um, and so you may not be able to tell from my name, Karen Davis Thompson doesn't give anything away necessarily. Uh-huh. But the minute you see Florida a and University, if you know anything about your schools, you're going to know that that's an HBCU. Right. Um, and so... Um, it, that's just a it, that's just a teaser for everybody to know to look for that episode this month. Also, <laughs> it's just funny that you would bring that up. That's funny. So, I know. Well, because it, it it's a part of what they do in in corporate life. I mean, that's just. I mean, they actually have done studies where you know they'll put resumes in front of people they didn't know they were a part oh, yeah. of a study, and mm-hmm. it was Owen Connor, and then the next names may have been Jamal and Hakeem, mm-hmm. and how if, same credentials. But how did they respond to it based on the only major change they made was the person's name Name. and how they were ranked in terms of being qualified for the job. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they've done studies on that. So it is a thing that that is happening. So that'll be a fascinating conversation to have also. Um, But just just going back to some of the tips that you've given, what would you say are the top three things that a, a, a woman, a woman of color should do to make sure that she is uh, portraying herself as confidently mm-hmm. um, and is really doing as much as she can for her career and her own self-esteem in corporate America. Yeah, no, definitely. I actually had a few things written down. Actually, I had five. Can I give you all Oh, five? well, you can go with five. <laughs> okay, yes, good. ma'am. I am limiting you to three. I apologize. Five works. <laughs> okay, good. And so it's funny you say that because so I'm going to break it down, um, uh, new international version style. So this is one Got of it. my favorite verses. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And so these are just a few of my career coaching gems that, you know, given away here, but I think it's critical. And I think it's critical that you actually start there. So the first one I would say is recognize that each of us have a voice and make sure it's heard, even if you have to correct someone or diplomatically put them in their place. So going back to the top of this discussion about you and that circle of individuals and the man not, you know, mm-hmm. basically acknowledging your presence, you, your, your thought process was right there. You should just have said, you know, hi, my name is Karen Davis Thompson. Just wanted to make that acquaintance. How are you? That, that's it. That, or once, and once you open that door, Everybody else would be like, oh, because they're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Once you open the door, you, that's when you're, you're, you're in. So ask and just make sure you put yourself out there. Second thing is don't be afraid to ask someone to mentor you. And I think this is really important you know, because there's this notion out there that, you know, as people of color, we should look for mentors who don't look like us or who have experiences that are dissimilar to ours. And I don't agree with that. You know, I, I think you need both. I think you need a mix of mentors. And I think it's important that you have mentors who don't look like you and have different experiences, as well as mentors who do look like you and who may also have different experiences. And the reason for the latter is simply because there's so much to be learned from somebody who may have gone through something similar to what you're experiencing. 
And individuals who don't necessarily look like you or have your background, your cultural richness, understand where you came from, they probably can't relate. But at the same time, they're still going to be able to give you sage advice. And both of those things are still critical for you in your career, as well as just who you are as a human being, both personally and professionally. So look for mentors. Don't let someone tell you, you know, don't look for a mentor that looks like you. And I've heard that a million times. You don't need a black woman as a mentor. You need a white man. Excuse me? First of all, you're not going to tell me what I need. And <laughs> and secondly- and Why do you think that is? Is it because they think that because they're kind of the mainstream in corporate America? Why, why would, why do you- did they did anybody give you an explanation as to why that should be? So I've only asked the question once, and it was actually to uh, a white male because he was the one who was telling me, you know you you don't need a you know a person of color. And I asked the question, you know why do you why do you think that is? I mean, somebody else who doesn't look like me not might not understand me or even want to get to know and understand me, may not understand my cultural background, my professional experiences. And then I flipped it on, on him and I'd said to him, do you know what it's like to be a black woman at this company? Which I have been asked before, actually. So now I took that same question and asked this person who was telling me this. And he didn't have an answer. You know why he didn't have an answer? Because he's a white male. And so I asked him the question simply so that he could kind of answer, um, figure this out for himself. That, yeah, I do need somebody who looks like me. But I also need someone who doesn't like him. So, and that's why I think it's just good to have a, a mix of both. There's something to be learned on both sides, but you want somebody who's had your experience because you want to be able to understand how they handled that experience, how they moved forward. Um, the third thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Um, because if you don't ask, you've already set yourself up for failure, you know? And then, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You got to You got to make sure you're asking. Um, and then the last, there's two more, make sure you're seen and heard. So I know I talked about that, um, in the first one, but the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times we may, we may not be in the right mindset to be seen or heard. And definitely sometimes you may not be there. I mean, it may not be interested in having both experiences. And so really short story, once I was invited to um, a networking event, I was at the firm, I accepted the invitation. As it got closer to the date, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like going. And so I didn't decline the invitation because I didn't want anybody asking me questions about, oh, I saw you decline the invitation. Why aren't you going? I just didn't show up. The next day I walk into the building and the man who was actually hosting this event, who's one of the senior leaders in the company, simply said to me, good morning, Maureen, we missed you last night. And it was at that moment that I realized my mistake in thinking that no one was going to miss me. Mm -hmm. But they invited me for a reason, similar to the gentleman that I talked about at Washington Mutual who said they hired me for a reason. So it's really important that we make sure we're both um, heard and seen. If we're getting invited someplace and you know we're being asked to be part of the party, join in, dance along with everybody else. And then the last thing is just make sure you be confident. You know, especially as Black women, I think it's really important that we know our confidence and we walk purposely and purposefully through that each and every single day. 
Um, the, the greatest thing about doing that is that it allows um, our, the young women coming behind us to see that and allows them to feel that they can also walk confidently in their journey ahead. So well, thank you so much for that, Maureen, uh, giving us those gems. We appreciate that. I feel like I had a coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I, I'll, I'll make sure to bill you. I know your email address. Oh, thank you so much. You know exactly how to reach me, don't you? <laughs> but thank you. We really appreciate your time for that. This was an amazing conversation. Again, we're going to put information about how you can reach Maureen in the show notes. We encourage you to do that. She's got some information that she can share with you. Um, if you want to become a client of hers, if you have any questions for me or topics that you want us to discuss, you can hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. Again, KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. That is all the time we have for today. Hope that you enjoyed this. And until we meet again, be blessed.